Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. Today is Thursday, and I'm here with Emily, and we're gonna we're gonna get into um, just uh, uh, some topics today. Uh, if, if you remember back a couple of episodes ago, I talked about when I was kind of introducing um, some of the potential guests um, that might be coming on. I mentioned one that um, her and I had been um, really close friends and um, that we we had a falling out to where, you know, I essentially, um, I, and I, I said it then, I'll say now, like I take full responsibility. I I basically made a decision that, you know, I wanted to just completely end and cut off our friendship. And we were, um, this was about, you know, about 10 years ago. And I think I said <clears throat> in the, in the, when I did the introduction that her and I, um, through over the, at some point in the past 10 years have connected minimally. I mean, I think we've had a phone conversation where, you know, I, I was, I would wanted to apologize and, and just kind of discuss, talk through what had happened and, um, and then connected through Facebook here and there. But she was gracious enough to agree to come on and, and talk with us tonight. But what I asked her, you know, we have a couple of other topics that we want to get into. Um, but the one thing that I mentioned in her introduction before was that I think one thing that, that we can, that she can offer, that our experience can offer, I guess, as far as learning is, and we're going to talk about this is how to manage um, friendships as adults when, you know, I think especially in your 20s, when you are in different stages of your life. So essentially when when I was 24, 25 years old, I had a baby, I had already um, been married and separated and had moved to three different states at that point and... Um, and she was single, and and so we we were really and didn't have any children. You know, we were in really in a different in different parts of our lives. But um, I mean, this is a real podcast, and I'm just going to be real. I'm really nervous. I know I have hives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous because I think I said this. I mean, Emily was my maid of honor in my first wedding, and she was, you know, was one of my closest friends during that period of my life. And, and you know, it's, like I said, it's been 10 years that that friendship, you know, pretty abruptly I ended it. And so I'm really nervous. I know I sound like an idiot because I don't really know what to say. I'm going to let her talk and introduce herself. But um, I wanted to talk about this because I think that it's a real, you know, it can be a real problem. It could, It is something that can happen. I think that, you know, our churches, especially, you know, just push and push and push marriage. And, and we were talking about this earlier, like finding your tribe and finding your community. But it's like, what are you supposed to do if your your community is, is, isn't like you or your friends are doing different things in their life than what you're doing? How can you connect and not be offended or be annoyed or whatever it is? So anyway, Emily, just talk because I, I feel like an idiot. Go ahead. <laughs> So, um, I mean, I feel the same way. I think the biggest thing is is that, and I'll introduce myself in just a second, but I want to respond to what you said. I feel like for me, I'm like, oh gosh, it's been 10 years and I feel like I should probably have a little bit more like hindsight perspective on the situation. But I think that I just kind of 
stuffed it all down, tried to learn as much as I could from it, and moved forward, you know? Yeah. Not that, that, I mean, it was it was heartbreaking at the time, and there were huge repercussions for me, and learning how to live without my best friend that I talk to every day, and trying to figure out what I did wrong, and what I could have done better, but ultimately, like, you know, I had a life to live, and so did you, and so now it's been 10 years, and I'm like, crap, what did I, I need to figure out what I learned. So, um, and we can like process that together out loud and we kind of did a little earlier when we were prepping for this, but anyway, so, uh, my name's Emily and, um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am married. I've been married for six years. Um, you know, dated for a couple of years before that. So we've been together eight years. We have, I have a 12 year old stepson. He was four whenever I met my husband and then we have a three and a half year old. And one on the way, all boys. So um, I'm a, I work full time at a nonprofit ministry here in Atlanta as a video producer and director. So it's it sounds cool and it really is. Like I have a super cool job. It's very fun and it, but it can also be very stressful. I have a lot. I have a burden of a lot of responsibility. So I feel I was telling Samantha like she she P.S. She says that she's Sam, but I've always called her Samantha. <laughs> Um, so I don't know when that change happened, but, um, I'll, I'll explain I, that. I'll explain that. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, over, uh, I was telling her that, you know, she's, she is essentially raising four children all by herself with a full-time job. And I feel like I am failing every day at having a stepson that is with us every weekend and a three-year-old during the week all the time. So I'm not exactly sure how she does that because there are two of us over here trying to do this thing. And I feel like, wow, I don't know. She's a super woman. So anyway, that's my story. Uh, um, Samantha and I lived together in Atlanta before she went back to Ohio to have Charlie. So um, she left, but I have stayed here in the same area and I'm still trying to like pretend like I'm a city girl but I'm really from Kentucky so (laughs) is that enough (laughs) that's perfect I just want to say this too um if you're in your 20s I don't know who listens to this thing but if you're in your 20s and and you're trying to like figure out is this person uh somebody that I want to invest time in as a as a friend here's here's the checklist for you (laughs) When I, um, and I, and I kind of did my, you know, rundown of my first marriage and talked about how I moved and left and went from Memphis and and went to Atlanta and I literally rolled in on a, um, in a big budget van in the middle of the night and it stayed with Emily where she was living and then her and I and another friend of um, hers um, got an, got an apartment together and then I've, I've tried to remember, how did we end up at that third apartment, that other apartment? That's a really great question. Um, <laughs> because I wasn't... I'm trying to remember where I lived when you came to stay with me that night. Where, where, where it was, was I? It was a house. I, it was a house. Was I at a house? And it was like some girls okay. that you, you weren't really crazy yeah. about the setup. Yeah, I was set up with them by a mutual friend, so they were like strangers that I moved in with, and they, they were much older than me, and they kind of like mommed me around. Like, yeah. and I, I mean, I was like on my own for the first time. Like, don't tell me what to do. And so, yeah, yeah. It, I think you were like my salvation. Like, yes, let's get an apartment <laughs> together. So, I think that's essentially what happened. And then there was this 
third person that, you know, made the rent cheaper. So that worked out well. (laughs) And Austin was a good roommate. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. There's some history there too. But, you know, like, it's just hard being young and trying to be an adult. It is. And make friends. It is hard. I, I will say, while I agree with you that this is about, like, 20-year-old, like, how to be friends in different seasons of life, I think this applies across the board. Like, yeah. how to figure out how to invest in people, to have grace, to not be selfish, because I think both of us were very selfish mm-hmm. at that time. And, and I think now, 10 years later, you know, and Samantha and I talked about this earlier, when you call a friend, if you're the only one talking the entire phone call, you're selfish. And and in our situation, that was happening a lot on my end. I was talking a lot, and Samantha's holding a newborn, trying to figure out this new life. And and it, so the, it was like bound to happen. Our relationship was bound to go to go into nothing because mm-hmm. I was I was not engaging. Like, how are you doing? But but to be fair on my side, I was so naive I didn't even know how hard it was to have anyone exactly. and do it by yourself like I just I was just like oh you have a cute baby you know yeah. so let's take pictures so of them so gra- yeah. grace 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 and mm-hmm. you know tell people when they suck and and yep. then be willing to say ouch that hurts but thank you I'll try to be better yeah yeah, and that's a lot of it is that, you know, how can you, ex- I think that's what you have to know, whether it's in your, you're right, you know, in your 20s, and your 30s, and your 40s, and, and when you go, how can you, you can't, like I said this earlier when we were talking, like, you cannot expect for people to be able to read your mind, and that's a lot of what, where my frustration and, and stuff came from is that I just expected that Emily should know that I am struggling because I have a, a newborn or I'm struggling because I'm a single parent. I'm struggling because my marriage that I thought was forever has just ended and I'm struggling because of my traumatic and, you know, the, the whole marriage and traumatic and, and, and I'm just struggling. And, and why doesn't she understand that? And why is she not, uh, you know, more intuitive to how I'm feeling? But it, what the thing is, is when you're when you're friends with someone and you're experiencing something that's maybe something that they've never experienced, I think it's unrealistic to have expectations that that person Uh-oh. could. What happened? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry, it froze on me. I can hear you. Okay, I think I'm back. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Anyway, I was just saying, and I think it's unrealistic to have expectations for a person to be able to know what you're feeling or to be able to even ask the questions that you want them to ask to to be, you know, intuitive to what you're feeling. Because how can they if they've not experienced what you're going through? Um, So anyway, what I was saying, when you're looking at friends, the other thing would be, and I, I didn't even... I, I didn't forget, but I didn't mention this when I when I did my episode about my first marriage is that, you know, God, I think it's just there's all these things that have happened to my life where I feel like if, it, if somebody says to me they don't believe in God, I just want to point them to these different these different ty- different times in my life and say, you know, you can't explain this away. But her when my first husband was was initially um, abusive to me and I felt like I needed to leave the home for my safety, but I didn't really know how to do that because I was in another state. I didn't have any family there. I didn't really know anyone. And I also didn't necessarily know, like, if it was the right thing for me to move right away. It just happened. And her aunt, you know, like, she's literally, like, 
a block away from where I live, like across the uh-huh. next subdivision. <laughs> and so her aunt, um, I went and I stayed there, you know, not very long, just a couple of nights to kind of pull my thoughts together and just to try to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? What, what should I do? You know, do I stay? Do I go? Do I try to work this out? What do I do? It was just, I think I was just in shock, you know, for, you know, to try to figure out what to do. And I, so I stayed with her and that was, um, obviously just a huge, a huge help there. And then, um, I still, I still regret that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't a part of your wedding because that was, this is the other thing. If, if, if you have a maid of honor who doesn't come and stay with you for like the whole practically week before your wedding, then she's not doing maid of honor right. You know, Emily came and she was there with me and like everything and anything that I needed, you know, she was just, um, a part of, of helping with everything and, and getting ready for that wedding. So, I mean, I think what I, what I want to say is that even though our, our friendship did end and it, it was, it, like she said, it was heartbreaking and it was hard, it was difficult to move forward from that. What I'll say on my end is that she kind of caught some, um, she caught some emotions that were not, that she didn't know, that were her responsibility because I brought a lot of, I brought a lot of trauma and a lot of emotion into our friendship from my first marriage. And when she, so when it got to the point with her of me making that decision that I'm going to end this friendship, I was, I was in, in friendships and relationships with anybody that looked at me crazy. Like I didn't, I, I, I didn't have any tolerance for anybody. I was just fed up. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. I really isolated myself. And, and so I guess, I I just want to talk to and see kind of, I mean, we talked about this also, like, how do you think even now, like in our mid thirties, I'm skirting 40 almost, but (laughs) how do you, how do you think, or how are you navigating now being able to, to develop a community, develop a tribe or whatever you want to call it? And like you said, and maintain, are you streaming stuff in there? Are you streaming stuff in there? I'm so sorry. It's making stuff flow in here. Sorry. (laughs) It keeps on pausing. It keeps on pausing on me and I'm missing stuff. I know this is like live and you don't edit. Okay. No, it's okay. It makes it fun. It makes it even better. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) the last one that I recorded, we had to pause it in the middle of it because she had to pee. It's perfect. Ahead. <laughs> no, did you hear what I said as far uh, as like how do you no. navigate how do you navigate maintaining community and and having grace and not not cutting people off with a with one simple, you know, mistake or whatever it would be. How do you how do you manage that now? Well, I, I want to turn the question back on you because we've never you know, ten years and I don't know that I've ever asked this question of you. What do you think that I could have done differently after getting that very, like, that last email? I think it was an email where you were like, you know what, I just can't. I just can't do yeah. this. Like, what, could I have done anything to redeem that? Could I have, or were you just in a place where I just kind of had to say, man, okay, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's what I did, but was it the right thing? Were you waiting for me to beg? Were you waiting for me to apologize? What what could could have happened or what would you tell people to do in this situation if a really good friend is like walking away how what what do you do yeah oh gosh I mean I think on some level you know when I um 
when I packed up and 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 loaded up the 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 bus or whatever it was the what is it called? Not, I keep U-Haul thinking our, our, I keep thinking RTA. <laughs> that's not right. That's our public transit here in Dayton. The U-Haul, whatever it was, budget van. You know, Kenny sat on the couch and watched me. And I remember thinking, why doesn't he come after me? Why doesn't he fight for me? Uh-huh. Why doesn't he chase after me? Why isn't he? Why doesn't he try? You know, he had a lot of support uh-huh. from the church, even though the church knew what he had done. Um, he had a, he, so I think he 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 felt a he felt a very strong sense of uh, just being justified and being yeah like he didn't really feel he felt like I was doing the wrong thing and so he sat. Very arrogantly. So anyway, to answer your question, um, I don't know how I would have responded because I just, what I remember is that um, the there was a period, there was like a weekend or a, a short period of time that you had visited. And I remember that I was so overwhelmed with my son and, and with Charlie and that, and I felt like, I couldn't connect with you because you were, you were looking for me to be, huh? I was fan, I remember that I was fangirling over this boy that I liked. Like, I mean, (laughs) it was a, he was a, he was a man, but I mean, I was like, and, and that turned into like a three year, like obsession love thing. You know, like I really, we ended up dating, like it was this big thing, but it was the very beginning of the relationship. So I think that you were like, so glad I'm, I'm, totally presuming right now so you'll have to confirm or deny but from my perspective and in looking back I came to see you and Charlie you have a young toddler we're going to like see fireworks and running around town and you are being a mom and I am like giving you updates on what this guy's texting me and asking me what I should do and me wondering if he likes me and I think that you're like going has my child eaten enough today and how am I going to pay these bills and so I, you were so frustrated and like eye rolly and and unsupportive of me liking this yeah. guy that I felt like you, you know, didn't care about me and you felt yeah. like I wasn't there for you. I traveled all the way to Ohio to yeah. so that I could text the guy back home. And so yeah, whenever I got home, I was you know I was why did I even go out there? She doesn't even care about my life like that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so ultimately, it was a I think that that was maybe like a confirmation that like we are in different places. Like mm-hmm. Emily cares about this boy that she likes and I'm trying to raise my son. Yeah. And I felt like I, I would, I almost kind of wish I, I didn't think to do this until now, but like to go back and look at that email from years and years ago. Oh my gosh. She was still in my like old email from like, I still have the password, but ultimately it was like, I, I just can't do this anymore. Like yeah. you are, you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, if I were to paraphrase, and 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 I think I was kind of like, I guess I don't. And you know what? I don't think you know what I'm going through. So yeah. right? like I think we were both just immature. And yeah, but, the, but but what has <laughs> to be said is that it's not okay. It's not okay to just cut people off because you don't understand what the other person is going through, or because yeah. you're because you're not on the same page, or because. You know, I'm not excited about you being interested in a guy or you're not excited about my son pooping on the potty or whatever it is. Like, you can't you can't just say, oh, well, 
uh, well, this is a friend that I've had for for five years, ten years, whatever it is, and 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 we're in two different places in our lives. So now I'm just going to cut him off. It was a cop out, is what it was. It was the easy way yeah. out. And and rather, and that's where I think maturity comes in. And and I hope by by rec- my hope for recording this is that nobody ever goes through and makes that decision. Whoever listens to this, if you're gonna if you're getting ready to do it, don't do it. Because it was, it's traumatic and it's hard and it's, it's not right. And it's, you have to weather through those times and you have to work through them and you have to put in the work in a friendship, just like you would put in the work in a work relationship, in a marriage, in a dating relationship. If you have a friendship, you have to put in work into it and it's not always going to be cake. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be times that, um... You know, that, that you're not on the same page, that you're not excited about the same things, that you've got different things going on in your life. And I just want to be clear on that. Like, oh, I, I, I was wrong. It was wrong. I, I, I 100%, I've said this to you before, like, I absolutely, you know, took a cop out. And, and like I said, when you're saying, how would I have responded if you would have, you know, gone after or, or um, you know, responded to my email I don't know. I was really exhausted emotionally at that point. <laughs> and I don't know, I, you know, even though the right thing to do would have been to, to put in more work and to, and to try to, to put the work into it. I don't know that I had it in me to do that. Um, uh-huh. I wasn't in a great place and, and I was, you know, just exhausted. And, and that's the craziest thing. It's like, in that time, what I needed more than anything was a real friend, was a good, good friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it was just a, it was, you know, so then to cut somebody off who is genuine, who I know is I can trust, who is a good friend, it was a really stupid move on my part. But, you know, I've done that before. I have, um, I've made, when it comes to fight or flight, I'm like flight Every single time. I would rather cut people off all day long than I, than I would try to work through it or try to fight or confront or whatever it is. And it's not right. And I know that. And I'm not good at it. I'm not saying that I haven't still, I don't still do it because I do. But yeah, I, I just, I guess I think, I feel like um, it's just hard for me to, to give a lot of emotional energy sometimes to people because I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I just. I mean, but, but I, I, I know that you, the whole point of this, like, conversation and even, like, the subject of this podcast is to, like, you know, I guess kind of teach, like, don't do this, don't screw up like we did. <laughs> but I do think it's important to know that there are these. I think that God calls um, us to be in with friends. Like sometimes there are forever friends, there are seasoned friends, and I don't. Not that I'm saying like I think it was all meant to be. You were only meant to be our friend for a second, but like I'm just saying, even moving forward, there are some friends that that I was really good friends with for a while, and we didn't have a falling out. Nobody was a jerk. We didn't, you know, do anything wrong. But sometimes they just take more from you than you have to give and mm-hmm. you just kind of have to think like what is best for me and my family and there have been times where I've been like you know it seems like in, in a certain relationship that you're taking more than I can give just you know and I don't know if that was really the situation for us or not but um, I think you 
ultimately, I think maybe we like prayed about it and like actually like, God, are we supposed to be friends or not? Like <laughs> seek wisdom and ask other people, and we probably would have remained friends. And so maybe that would be my advice. Like, because there have been times where I have, I have decided um, one particular friend um, that I that I've had where I just felt like we kept butting up to a situation where I was getting upset and hurt. Like it was an ongoing thing. And finally I was like, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. I just can't like, I, you're cool. And we've had fun over the years, but I think we're just, I think that our first, like, let's just be acquaintances, you know, like we just yeah. kind of had to just move off from like seriousness. Is this ruining the podcast? I just, feel, I just <laughs> don't want people to feel like, you have to be friends with everybody forever and always. And yeah, yeah. if you have a best friend today, they're going to be your best friend in 50 years. Like there are times when friendships naturally go away. And I think the difference in this particular situation was we were hot, 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 such good best friends and seasons change. And all of a sudden it was, we done. And that, yep. that's what we're kind of saying. Yeah. Don't do that. Take a minute, pray about it. Take a week off, get back together and try to decide what the deal is. But there will be times where somebody is just taking too much from you and you just need to, for your own health and safety of mind, move on. <laughs> yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've implemented that exact strategy across the board in my life to where if, if I have a, an emotional moment, I never make decisions. I at least give it a day or two. I don't, mm -hmm. like, I don't call people. I don't email people. I don't, you know leave group texts like passive aggressive shit like that i don't i don't uh you know i don't do anything i just you know kind of feel the emotion and then go to bed and then maybe give it a day or two and then and then go from there because i'm i'm bad for that i'm bad for being like i think and i talked about this even stupid stuff like retail like well, I'm going, I'm, I'm mad. I'm calling the CEO. I'm calling turn to two news. Like I'm going, I'm taking it straight to the top. <laughs> and then it's like, you give it a day or two and you're like, ah, I wasn't that big of a deal. Why did I get so worked up? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So I think you're right. Like if, if, if I would have, you know, given it more time and, and just kind of, you know, maybe taken a step back, prayed through it more, thought through it, you know, who knows what the outcome would have been. But, um, you know, I think what you have to know, too, is that, um, you know, God is is the the great, the great teacher of forgiveness. And, you know, Emily and I have, have like I said, years ago, even had had a conversation where, you know, it was tense in the in the motion. I thought there was still a lot of hurt and a lot of emotion there. But I think we were both able to, to apologize. You know, I apologized and, and was asked for forgiveness and. And then move forward from that, um, and so that's that's always on the table. If you obviously when when we're working with or in relationships, like you're, you're going to screw up, you're going <laughs> to there's going to be things that you do to hurt each other. But you know that's always on the table to, to apologize and and move forward from there. So tell what were you, we were talking earlier, and you were saying that you had a um, you had a friendship that kind of. We were, and we were trying to figure out how to have a best friend, but then when you're married, you know, you hear people talking about how my husband's my best friend, I married my best friend, <laughs> like, how yeah. do you... <laughs> I, so, I have always, I have so many friends that say that, like, you know, they post something on social media on their anniversary, he's my very best friend, and I literally have several times gone, 
husband's my best friend. Like, <laughs> I don't talk to him like I do talk to my best friends. Like, I have best friends from college and best friends at work. And, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that have lots of best friends, let's be honest. But, because um, <laughs> I'm all in or I'm not, you know, like, I... I shouldn't say lots. Like, I'll, I'll have, like, four best friends, and they're my best friends. And then I have my husband, and he's just in a different category. Like, we sleep in the same bed, best friends. So, um, but, <laughs> so, essentially, what I was telling Samantha about is that, first of all, it's uh, go easy on yourself, Samantha, because I have also have a little bit of a pattern of, like, having a best friend, and then it, like, something happening and blowing up, and I'm like, what happened? So, I... I've definitely contributed in some way in these relationships, and maybe I just haven't figured out how yet. But I had a really great friend. Um, I would venture to say probably the first, honestly, if I think about it, the first person I was willing to call my best friend since Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a really I was very hesitant and and kind of guarded and just kind of didn't want to get too close to another girl. And um, so this girl, we work together. We work in the same office, so I see her every single day. We're in meetings together. I mean, we were the kind of best friends where we would go to lunch together two to three times a week. We only work four days in the office, okay? So we were, like, eating every day together. We would often call each other on the way to and the way home from work because we're driving. Like, what, who, what else do you do but just call and chat? So we had gotten to a point where... When something crazy would happen, stressful, um, dramatic, something fun or exciting, something really hurtful, she was my first call. And I found myself realizing that I was not even telling my husband stuff because I had already worked through it externally processing with her. And my husband and I had a really hard fifth year of marriage. Um for lots of different reasons, but I didn't realize until me and this friend had a falling out. Um, I I did something stupid and she had a really hard time forgiving me for it. And we essentially, she stopped talking to me for like two months to like think about it. So when we say like take some time in my, I personally do not think two months is appropriate, (laughs) maybe like three days. But, um, so she did not speak to me. Like we're in the same office passing each other in the halls and she's like a zip mouth, won't talk to me. And in that time, I'm so hurt and so, like, what the age is going on that I realize, I, like, I I remember the moment. I'm, like, sitting in my bed, and I'm feeling very depressed and sad and, like, probably crying. And my husband walks into the bedroom, and I looked at him, and I was like, he would never do that to me. Like, I have screwed up so many times with him and been a jerk and said mean things. And we fight and we yell and we, you know, shut each other out for two days while we huff and puff around the house. But he always, he always tells me he loves me. He always comes back. Like, why am I willing to call her a best friend and not him? Like, that's crazy. And in those two months that she did not speak to me, it's like the entire year of hardship that we had experienced started to fall away. Because all of a sudden, every time I had a hard day or something exciting happened or something dramatic happened, he was my first call for the first time in forever. And I realized that I had inadvertently replaced him. Not even, maybe he was never even that place, but like put someone in the place that he should have been in. And it was impacting my marriage to the point of like, I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. Mm. 
And in those two months of silence from her, I realized, oh my gosh, I have been praying. We've been going to counseling and I've been praying for God to show me how we can fix this. And it was through the sacrifice of my best friend. I had to sacrifice my best girlfriend in order to get my husband back. And so we did finally have a conversation and there was forgiveness. We can't go back to what we were. Like we are now more of an acquaintance friendship at work. Like we don't text anymore. We don't talk on the phone. We don't go to lunch anymore. I'm actually way more productive at work. But like, (laughs) I didn't realize, I just, I think that God was like flashing lights at me. Like, what are you doing? You want to be with him, but you're not with him. You're not telling him anything. You're not being intimate with him, with your information and, and your days. And, and so anyway, I, so what do we learn from that? I don't, I don't, what do we learn from that? Don't put somebody above your spouse. Like yeah. if you're quick to go talk to a girlfriend before your husband, there's a problem. Like that's why God brought you together so that you could have a confidant to like walk alongside of you and hear the hard stuff. And that's always going to be there for you. And why are you picking somewhere, someone else? So, so, what, that was so my last eight months. How do you balance that? I mean, is it okay, do you think, to have, like, as women, to have other women that we would consider close, close friends that we do talk to and, and, and have trust levels and, and things like that with and then also be married? I mean, how do you balance having, like, a quote-unquote best friend but then also, you know, having a spouse that and, and keeping those boundaries? I'm asking her because I, I, uh, I, I obviously... Uh. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm probably not the one to be given any type of marriage advice. So. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm coming up on a year on this lesson, and I don't know that I know completely the answer, but there are some questions you can ask yourself. Like, you know, when you're about to go to that best girlfriend and tell them something, does your husband even know yet? Like, that's a question you could ask yourself. There's a boundary. Like, have you even talked to your... Just because he didn't answer doesn't mean that you they're, they're your second call and you tell them first. Like, wait a second, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's that. I think there's, um, there are things, that, I'll be completely honest in this, like I haven't been, whatever. But um, <laughs> we were in a scenario where I really, really wanted a baby, and he just wasn't sure. And rightfully so, because we are pregnant, and I cannot, I don't know what the crap we're doing. But maybe he was right. <laughs> um, but... I really wanted a baby and he wasn't so sure. And he essentially like, uh, <laughs> say this. he like shut down like the, the shop. Like he was like, no, because <laughs> we're not going to do it because I don't want a baby. And, and that was like eight months of like, uh, no, no sex. Wow. And so I would continue. Yeah. He's super stubborn. Um, <laughs> So I continually um, was talking to my best girlfriend about this, about my intimate non-sex life with my husband. (laughs) There's a boundary. Like, keep it in the house, right? Like, nobody needs, like, go to your, talk to your counselor about it. But when you are airing your intimate laundry to a best friend, but actually not talking to your husband about it, and crying yourself to sleep, there's a problem. Like, so I think that there are just, Things that you keep in the house, and um, when it starts going outside of the house because you don't feel safe, you don't feel like there's a closeness, 
there's a problem there. You don't solve that by talking to a friend. You solve it by talking to your spouse. That's good. Or a counselor with your spouse. Or or a therapist, which we all should have a therapist, period. Dear Lord, they're so good. Like, I honestly, they're, and there's such a stigma. It's crazy. Cut the like, stigma. I, Just so, cut it out. Small little thing. I, on our five, I told you our fifth year was really hard. So, but I'm like a social media girl. So I feel like, how can I not post something about our anniversary on social media? You can, by the way. You can get by without doing that. But I felt like I have to post something. But I actually kind of hate him right now. And but so I, instead, I'm going to post like a very like raw, candid post about how marriage is hard and God's going to get us through kind of thing. So I post this um, this post and I, and I talk about that. Like, you know, we're going to get through with the help of our therapist, <laughs> you know. And my brother, who is a few years younger than me, he immediately called me. What's going on? Like, is everything okay? You guys are in counseling? Like, what? what's the problem? Like, he is flipping out. And I was like, dude, it's fine. Like, everybody should go to counseling. Why haven't you been yet? Like, it's we just, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, marriage is hard. We're just talking to somebody. It's fine. And he was flipping out and apparently, like, called my mom, called my sister, <laughs> called my dad. Have you heard anything? What's going on? And, but in my, like, circle that I kind of run in, I work at a ministry, like, it is a very um, normal and encouraged to go to counseling. So I felt very, like, normal to just post that. But when he read it, he flipped his lid, like, oh, my gosh, Emily's getting a divorce yesterday. <laughs> and so yeah. I just, it's like the stigma of counseling, it blew my mind, even from my own family. Mm-hmm. That, like, not people think that it means that you're going down in flames. Yeah. But really, it means that, like, somebody has a water hose and they are helping. It's awesome. They're yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I know with um, with my second husband, we, you know, even though it was, we know, we only had the one session together, but one outcome, I was, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this last night. I said, you know, I think the thing that is, um, at least what I have experienced is the thing that's different. This is total rabbit trail, but we can talk about this because I think it's important. Um, the thing that's different between just a, a, a therapist versus a Christian therapist is that mm-hmm. I would go into her and I would be so pin up because I, I had, you know, so many years of a marriage that was just a mess that it got to the point where I just stopped talking to people because nobody really wanted to hear it anymore. I, at least I felt that way. And I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't really have anybody that I, that I, I didn't go to any Bible study groups. I was working. I didn't really, I was just home with my kids or I was working and I didn't talk to me. So when I finally got into this therapist, I was like, now's it. I now's my chance. Like I'm finally going to get to spill my beans and my guts about everything that's been going on. And, and, and I'm going to have someone in my corner finally who can validate how I feel and validate how terrible he is. Uh-huh. And, and instead and I was telling this friend of mine yesterday, I said, because she said, did you like your therapist? And I said, I did, eventually. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. it took about two or three sessions because when I first went into her, you know, I'm ready. Like, I've got a list in my mind of everything, every, uh, uh, you know, thing that he's done to me and how terrible he is. And, yeah, she's going to agree. And, and it started out as, you know, tell me about your relationship with Christ. Like, how are you maintaining your relationship no. with God? Where are you at? What are you reading? What are you memorizing? What are you studying? No. Tell me about your Bible. Tell me about your, you know, your journaling. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? No. Like, I don't care about any of that. I just, 
I just want to bash my husband for an hour. What are you doing, lady? <laughs> but, but that was, you know, so they, like I said, it took me two or three sessions to realize, like, the, 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 the main, main issue is not our drama or our fighting or whatever. The main issue is my, is my heart. And I have to, what she, and what she said over and over and over is that, you know, the whole point of me meeting with her alone, even though it was considered marriage counseling, I, we never met together except for the one time, you know, I only met with her, was to, regardless of being married to him or not, was to work with her on being the best Christ follower that I could be. And, you know, working through what I needed to do to make that happen. Because at the end of it, if we're together, then I, I need to, I need to be that. I need to be the best Christ follower because then that's going to hopefully set our marriage up to continue to be successful. Um, or at the end of it, if we're not together, then that's going to set me up to be, you know, a confident, yeah, to recover. So it, it took a while. It was hard um, at first, because I was, I told my friend, I said, she was so cheesy, she was so annoying for like the first two or three sessions, but then I really started to, uh, you know, I really started to kind of buy into the whole premise of it, and I think, I, I don't know, I've, that's the only, um, Christian counselor, that's not true, we went to one other one right at the beginning of our marriage, but that's the only, I like to think, church-based counselor that I've ever been to so I don't know if they all operate that way but I mean I definitely agree well, I, I think mean, I went to a Christian counselor she didn't ask me those questions she probably should have I need to be asking my question, myself those questions right now but <laughs> I, I think that I have also been to a counselor that claimed she was a Christian and I think just to like get me in the door and get my money yeah and every time I would tell her a problem she'd go back I'm not even kidding you she'd be like well you know like with um Noah and the Ark God asked, she would like use like all of these like standard oh, no. Old Testament uh, stories to give me faith and oh, to no. help me like, and I was like looking at her like, for real? Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be learning from that Daniel in the lion's den right now. Like, <laughs> that, this was, a, this was many years ago, but I, I, I went to her a few times and I was like, I don't think she's a Christian. Like, I, <laughs> Those, all the stories she keeps on bringing up as like her answer to Christian counseling are not. I don't think they apply. So you, you gotta be you gotta be kidding, shop around, right? You gotta vet your, It's okay for you to not like somebody. Yeah, vet your <laughs> you therapist a little bit. You feel like they're not really doing their job. Yeah. Yeah, but this lady, I mean, I don't see her regularly anymore. I could if I wanted to. She definitely would do would take me back in. I don't see her regularly anymore. But I will say the cool thing about it, too, is that because it is a church base, is that she does still regularly text me, you know, just out of nowhere, will tell me that she's praying for me. And, and because I know her and I learned her character, and she's probably, I mean, she has to be like in the top five dis- most disciplined people that I've ever met. I, when she says that to me, I know that she is. And so that yeah. has been something that's been like just invaluable to know that there's this person that I maybe now, I mean, I maybe only see her once a year. We do, I do still get together with her um, every once in a while. And it's a different relationship now because I'm not married anymore. Well, I'm, no, I'm still legally married, but I'm not, you know, with my um, second husband anymore. And so it's a different, you know, she was my, like I brought my foster baby 
into her office two days after I picked her up. So she's kind of kept up with my family and with my kids and stuff. So it's a different uh-huh. relationship. But anyway, that was a rabbit trail, hardcore. But uh, go yeah, Kathleen. listen, you're welcome. Everybody go to a shrink, okay? That's that's the end story. <laughs> everybody needs a. And lots of times, your FSA money will pay for it. Just so you know. Guys. Oh yeah. Like, just check with your insurance. Company check your insurance. And really, with um with this therapist that I saw, I mean, she wasn't like a licensed therapist. She had been trained on the program that this church used. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so when it came to like, if I would have gone in there and I was schizophrenic, like she probably shouldn't have been my first choice. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but they didn't charge anything. And I, and I think when I was, yeah, that's awesome. I think with, with my first husband, I also had gone to a counselor in Memphis at a church and they didn't charge anything either. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Like yeah, if you're married yeah. and you're thinking, well, we don't have insurance or there's no way our insurance is going to cover it. How could we ever afford it? For sure. Shop around to your churches because there's definitely programs and churches that have counseling departments that don't charge or maybe just take donations if you can kind of deal. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. If you, if you need it, if you need one, get one. Cause it's, it's a good deal for sure. And let's bring it all home, Sam. Sam. <laughs> it's you, Sam. Um, you could take your friend that you're having trouble with and about to not be <laughs> friends with anymore, and you guys could go to counseling together. Oh, my gosh. You could. We should have. Right? We should have. We could have. We could have gone to free counseling and redeemed the whole situation. But yeah. instead, we were like 20 and stupid. So I know. Fine. It's just crazy because I even, I was telling you earlier, like, I, I mean, I, I've had, I, it's, it's not like now, but I mean, there were moments, there were a lot of moments, you know, in the years after that, 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 that went down that I just really wept and cried because I just was so frustrated with myself and the way I handled that situation. And, and just like you said before, just not having grace, not being, you know, more mature and, and just being just so flippant with what is something that's hard to find is you know a good in a good friendship so anyway we've bet kind of kind of uh beat the horse to death but listen don't cut your friends off that's the, that's the takeaway <laughs> listen don't be a jerk and cut your friends off just because you don't like what they're doing for that day like give them a chance have grace and and work through it because it's it's definitely and the take take our take our example to heart it's it's going to be it's worth it to to keep a friend rather than than just cutting somebody off because you're frustrated so well and i'm going to tell you what i tell my kid um once somebody forgives you, you don't have to say sorry again. So we done. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's over. Like we. My kid is like, I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, mommy. <laughs> like, and I'm like, dude, I already told you I forgave you. Like, so Samantha, <laughs> I forgive you, and I asked for your forgiveness too. And you told me once that you forgave me. So mm-hmm. let's just like bank on that and um, not let the enemy continue to discourage us and remind us of our failures. Yeah, that's super easy to say, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do that, and it's going to be easy. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, we got to move forward and, and not... You know, that's exactly the, the enemy that wants us to wallow. It wants us to wallow in guilt, because when we wallow, we stay stationary, and we don't grow, we don't move forward, so... 
All right, so this is a total left turn, but the other thing that Emily and I, just to kind of wrap it up here for a few more minutes, wanted to talk about was um, when I married my second husband, His he had two older children that were 11 and 13 when we got married, and I had my son at the time who had just turned three, and so we were like Brady Bunch. I mean, we, we brought it together, and then within, um, let's see. Within a year and a half of our of our marriage, I ha- we had our daughter, so it was like his, hers, and ours kind of deal, um, and so blended family. And I've through the years after he and I got married, I can't even tell you. I mean, there's been off the top of my head at least three other friends of mine who have kind of gotten into situations with bl- of blended families and of stepchildren and things like that who have called and talked to me and asked me questions. And I've been I've essentially said to them like. I don't know. I don't know the best way to do it because I I didn't have a great experience. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy transition. It, we had a lot of it was really difficult. I mean, it's it's marriage is hard enough, let alone throwing on top of it. You know everything that comes with a blended family. So her and I, she kind of is going to tell her her scenario, her situation right now, but. Um, she also has a blended family and so we were just saying like there just really isn't a lot of information out there to try to help make that transition smooth and even if there is number one every situation is different and number two and she said this earlier I think it's so true like every year the circumstances are different um, you know with as kids get older you know they're in activities they have friends they want they don't want to come for the weekend because they've got this activity or this sport or whatever so it's like a, every season is different so it's hard to say well this is the this is the cookie cutter way to make a blended family work but anyway I wanted her to share kind of what her experiences have been and what she's learned and then uh, and we'll go from there good okay so as I said I have a 12 year old stepson when I met my husband he was four and he was the cutest child in the entire world and I would venture to say because Jeff was a little jaded from his um, previous marriage we had a little bit of a rough dating start he just didn't really know how like and and I had very high expectations like I wanted him to like come in on his white horse (laughs) James my my stepson at the time four-year-old um, he probably was the one that kept us going because I wasn't just going to bail on him. Like mm-hmm. he was real cute and I loved him a lot. And so if he, if it had just been Jeff, no kid, I probably would have bounced like out of here. But, it, but James was just so precious and wonderful that I think he probably was the glue there for a little bit in the beginning. So, um, anyway, I, I have, if you haven't caught on, I'm fairly confident even you know, on, on things that I shouldn't be. And, um, and I really don't have any self-esteem issues. Honestly, I think I'm awesome. So I was determined <laughs> in this situation when I married my husband and was going to be a stepmom. I was determined to like flip the script. Like there, we were going to be a special family and we were not going to, um, I was not going to be like nasty about the ex-wife and James's mom. And I wasn't going to, because let me just tell you, and I think Samantha can agree every single time somebody finds out that I'm a stepmom, their very first question is always in a little bit of a hushed voice with their hand over their mouth. So how's the mom? And they are wanting me to throw her under the bus and talk nasty and talk about how we don't get along. And she's an okay mom, but like, and, 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 
because that is what's expected of blended families in this society and in our current stat. Like, that's what we see on TV, right? Like, mm-hmm. stepmoms and moms, they just can't get along. Right. And I was determined for that not to be the case. And so from the very beginning, I have tried so hard to earn her trust to be kind and to always respect her in how I talk about her to James and how I talk about her to my husband. Um, and it worked like she was a little skeptical at first, but I can say in confidence that we have a very good relationship and people think that is so weird, but, and, and it has been our goal. Like we want James and he thinks this still, and he thought it when he was four we want James to forever believe that we are great friends with his mom. That's yeah. all he, that's what he needs. He needs, it's already hard enough. He lives with her during the week. He's with us on the weekends. He's about to be a seventh grader. Like it's just already, there's so many things to deal with. The last thing he needs to wonder is if we actually like his mom and if we're getting along and if we're yeah. bad mouthing each other. So it was just my goal. And and honestly, I had to raise my husband up in that too. Like he, because it, they had a, they got divorced. Like it was rough, and there were rough seasons. But I really feel like God called me into this scenario to bring some peace and to like bring it together and remind both of them like James is the most important part of all of this. Like we're going to get along for his sake. So that's kind of my story, and we have maintained it now for eight years, and and, and I intend on carrying it out forever because guess what even when james graduates from high school there's going to be marriage and grandkids and this woman is never going to leave our life ever Mm -hmm. so um we're we're in it for the long run and she's wonderful and she's a great mother we have hardly anything in common we're very different people but we have James in common. And so that's kind of my outlook on blended families. But um, what I was telling Samantha earlier when we were kind of prepping for this podcast was there's that, and it was really, really good. And then I had my son. And um, for the first year of my son's life, I had this, like, this epiphany, like, oh, I, I finally – for the, I don't know that finally is the right word. For the very first time, I disconnected from James. Like, you weren't not mine. Like, you aren't my blood. And I was very protective of my child. I didn't want James around. I told me that I, like, we would take family pictures, and I would want one without James in it. How jacked up is that? It was, I, it mm-hmm. was, my, I was hormonal and weird, and, like, I, I was experiencing motherhood for the first time in that way. And I just couldn't except the fact that we were a family of four. I felt like we were a family of three and sometimes James was with us. And so it took about a year. Like I, there were all these boundaries and I didn't want him to come into the room whenever I was nursing, which that's kind of fair. But at the same time, like I could have covered up. So (laughs) it was just really difficult. And I realized that like, um, like she said, there are seasons we were good for like five years and then all of a sudden we weren't and I had to figure that out because that's going to affect James like I don't want to I don't want him to like feel like I abandoned him just because I had a kid and now he doesn't feel like I'm his mom anymore you know like so it was crazy so there was that and then now James is a teenager and I, I feel like 
we were good for three years, and then now he's like a jerk. And I'm like, who are you? Like, you're, wow, just please don't talk to me. So it's like forever changing. I'm like, don't touch my kid because every time you touch him, he cries, and I don't want you to pinch him anymore. You know, like yeah. they're just fighting brothers. So family like they're just so so hard and I don't really know that I can recommend them like people come to me and they say I'm dating this guy and he has a kid and I'm like oh and the reason why I do that is I'm like man I feel like we've got a pretty positive situation going here and it is still super duper hard yeah I don't really know you can do it like yeah. you're gonna have to figure that out, or maybe I should like go to see a counselor or something because yeah, I, it's hard work yep. and it never ends. Yeah. Well, like you said, I just remember you know when um, there's just so many things with it that you don't think about. Uh, you know, I remember here I hadn't been married. You know, I hadn't dated really at all, and then here I get married, and. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, my son was only three, so he was obviously not, like, I didn't care what I wore around him, but, you know, I'm wearing, like, nightgowns and and, and stuff like that, but that's not, that can't happen, because, and and so there was, like, this, there you have to, I I felt like, at least, like, I battled a lot of resentment towards Mm -hmm. his children, because I'm like, this is, this isn't fair. I'm finally married. Mm -hmm. I'm with this man who I believe that I love that I'm going to be with forever. And and I can't even wear what I want to wear in my house because he's got a 13 year old son sitting on the couch in the living room. I can't even be, I can't even be how I want to be with my husband because he's got teenagers. And, but the thing, you know, that that's obviously immature. Like I'm not saying that that's, but I mean you have to. I think it's real. It's stuff that it's you have real. to figure out. Yeah. It's not, it, 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 I don't think it's immature. I think it is literally like there. Yes, that stuff happens constantly. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I. I mean, oh, I, I had an idea while you were talking. Um, but yeah, it's it's it never changes. There's always something that comes up that really Satan can use to make you resent that child and it's mm-hmm. a constant battle like another thing for us that I sometimes get so frustrated about and Samantha you're probably going to be like sensitive to this because of, the, of, of like your history with like child support and stuff but like we pay child support and it is a huge part of our budget and sometimes it makes me really mad because I want things for our family. I want to do improvements to our house. I want a better car. There are things physically that I wish that we could do. And because of a choice that my husband made before I even knew him, I have child support for another freaking seven years. Like, it is just a lot to sign up for. And it never, it's never ending. So, um. I was telling Emily before, know, like even encouraging right now. Dang. Yeah, I'm sure the takeaway from this conversation is don't ever get into a blended family. <laughs> yeah, it's so freaking hard. It's a really great blessing to show like God's redemption and to show that like yeah, God can make anybody a family. There are so many good things about it, but like yeah. people ask me, would you do it again? It, like, uh... If I knew what I know now, like I think that. Um, I would have had a longer engagement and I would have gone to more counseling and um, I would have made sure that his debt was paid off before I was paying his debt and his child support. Like there's so many parts of it that like I, 
I was so clueless about. I just was, you know, in love, and and he he was a really cute little boy. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what it is. Like if I think it can work, I think it's always hard. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, it's always. it's hard. You know, I was telling her that the night that um, my second husband and I got married, here we've we didn't go on a honeymoon. We stayed local at just a hotel local and, and did a couple things around in Cincinnati and stuff. But um, so here we're leaving the church, like on our way to our hotel. And we literally had to like almost had to go and pick up his son from the movie theater because his, you know, his, the, the, the mom, his ex-wife at that time um, wasn't going to be able to get him, and it was all this up in the air. Like, are we? And here I'm in my like <laughs> my night, my wedding night outfit, you know. And he's in his tux still. Like, it's just crazy. And th- but that's what it is. Yeah. It's like it's it. You know, I think you have to know when you meet someone if they have children, if you have children. Like, getting married doesn't change, and it shouldn't. And you, and you, I hope, like, it's hard to say this, but you hope that it doesn't because you don't want that person to stop being a parent, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, you feel selfish or you feel resentful or you feel like, Uh no, I don't want to give up my weekend. I, it was, that was something that was really, really difficult for me because I would come to the weekends, especially when I didn't work. And it would be like, finally, we can spend some time together. We can get some stuff done around the house. Oh, uh, no, just kidding. We've got to run kids to, to activities all weekend. And, you know, so it, I think that's what it is. Like, you, you never would want your spouse, your partner to stop parenting. And you want them to be that person who continues to parent and be active in their child's life. And you want to obviously be in, involved in their children's lives. But that doesn't take away the feelings that can come with that. That, you know, like, just what you said, yeah, like, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, and I think while no, my situation, don't. too, like, his kids um, felt a level of, you know, I think that's a part of the reason why our relationship never was was too successful was that his kids felt a level of resentment towards me and towards my son, my 11-year-old now, because, you know, all of a sudden, here they never had lived with him full time. Um, uh-huh. He was, you know, the youngest. The daughter was only six months old when he and his ex wife separated. So they had, they don't they didn't ever remember living with him full time. And then all of a sudden, here comes my son. We knew each other for five months, six months before we got married. <laughs> you know, that was don't do that. Okay, yeah. that's that's another takeaway. Yeah. Don't ever do that. But, I mean, and here comes Charlie, like, all of a sudden, he's living with her dad full-time. And so, there was a lot of, there was a lot of resentment. And things that I didn't even think about that came up, like, I remember um, we were together for, for Eric's birthday one year. And I, and Charlie made Eric a birthday card, like, literally drew a picture. It wasn't, like, something he bought. There was no present. And I remember that. Um, his mom and aunt were just disgusted with me because how could I go through the effort of having Charlie make a card for him but not have his older two children get a present or make a card for him? 
And I didn't see that as my responsibility, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. But you just don't know. It's, so it's things like that, just stupid yeah. things like that. Like, what do you do at Mother's Day? What do you do at Father's Day? Like, yeah. how do you navigate Absolutely. those things? How? What do you do on parent night? What do you do on, you know, school conferences? So I think... It's just constant sacrifice. It's constant selfless living. You are literally making decisions on their behalf all the time. Yeah. yeah. So in our situation, Mother's Day... Every, you know what's crazy? Me and James's mom have the same birthday. Oh my gosh! So every year, isn't that crazy? Every yeah. year we text each other on our birthday and say happy birthday to you. You know, and Mother's Day, I don't. I'm not very, now that I'm a mom, like of my own toddler, crazy person. I've not been very good at this, but for years I would take James to go and get a Mother's Day present for his mom. Yeah, and I because I would. Like, I would want her to do that for me if I was his biological mom. Like, so I'm constantly trying to, like, honor her and, sh- and you know, raise James to honor her. And so it's a sacrifice. Like, now that I'm a mom, I don't want to buy somebody else a Mother's Day gift. Like, it's my day. You <laughs> yeah, know? It's just, yeah. It's hard. It's just constant sacrifice. And you're constantly having to check your motives. And that's why, like, you just really freaking need to love that guy. People, a lot you're gonna yeah. or that woman you just because it is constant sacrifice and totally worth it if you are in it to win it mm-hmm. but it is hard work and I think don't go into it just thinking well it'll work itself out you know you obviously mm-hmm. can't talk through every scenario but I mean to try try to <laughs> mm-hmm. try mm-hmm. try to come up and try to figure out and try to agree upon and set standards and boundaries for as many scenarios as you can think of because that's only going to just help to cut out some of the angst and tension that comes when when yeah. things like that come up um so yeah good 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 well that was like two polar opposite topics, but I mean two things that <laughs> we don't, I think we we agreed that we I wanted to talk. Awesome. I hope I hope that people listen to the whole thing. Maybe you should like put in the in the um, description like if you want to listen about friends, it's this long. <laughs> if you want to skip forward to the blended family, you should just forward to like what are we at like. Four hours right now. Like right. forward to like three hours, twenty six minutes, right. and that's when you'll get to blended family. Yeah, if you want to skip the awkward part where I like blabbered all over myself, just skip to minute forty eight. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, but thank. <coughs> I just inhaled a mosquito. <coughs> oh god. Um. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for uh taking time i know you work and have kids and it's always a sacrifice to to give up some time and i really appreciate it i'm i'm at you know i I said this i'm just i just love how god works so much this conversation would not have happened if it were not for this podcast and as far as i'm concerned like that's it's it's worth it for me to to put in the time to this goofy podcast to be able to have this conversation with you to be able to talk with you and I really really appreciate you being willing to do it being vulnerable being honest um and just I think you're a great person I still really like you a lot and uh I think you're hilarious so I mean we're I hope we can still be friends and 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 we forgive each other so that's good Yeah, we're not allowed to say sorry anymore. No more apologies. Um, so I, you're fantastic and great, and I, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I'm, I, some part of me feels like, oh, 
I probably should have thought about some of those answers in the 10 years uh, <laughs> and maybe learned a little bit more. I'm not very good at learning from my mistakes. I just kind of move on and pretend like it didn't happen. So yeah. uh, thanks for giving me like a space to like think through and how can I apply this moving forward and like yeah. how can we like teach people through it. Like I think it was good for me and hopefully other people whenever they listen. Yeah. If you're, if you're about to shut somebody down, just like take a day. It's, yeah. You're going to be okay. Unless they're like hurting you, like <laughs> Like punching you, like right. just take a day. It's gonna yeah. be okay. In the in the event of physical harm, take no days. Like immediately <laughs> cut it off. Yeah, just run. But like otherwise, if they're just being like kind of jerky, tell them they're being jerky, and you know, we're not going to get back to teaching. Thank you very much for yeah. uh, letting me be a part of your podcast. And yeah. I'm trying to decide if I should let my husband listen to this. I'm not sure I'm going to. I, t- I told him no before we even started because I just wasn't <laughs> sure where we were going to go with this. So I probably just won't send him the link. I mean, he could listen to it. I don't feel like we really got in anything too, too deep. He, he'll be all right. Yeah. We talked about like him like shutting me down for eight months. And then we also talked about like some of the things that are about being a stepmom. So I feel like, you know, maybe it's just not necessary. He he literally came in here with a post-it note and said, can I go to a movie? Like <laughs> when he found out he like couldn't get on his, on his phone and stuff because it was slowing down our internet. He, like, looked up a movie theater. Like, I'm off work. Go to a movie. It's fine. But, like, I just thought it was funny. Like, <laughs> he came in and showed me a post-it note. Where I was like, sure. Love you. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Good for him. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Um, I'll be back yep. next week with a couple of other guests. Eventually, I'm going to just get on here and run my mouth by myself. But, you know, that takes work. So, I like being able to talk to people. And uh, I'm really, really enjoying being able to catch up with people and have these um, interviews. So um, I'll be back and uh, we'll talk to y'all the next time. Bye.